Boom. The break is over. The break is over. All righty. It is uh, August 16th already. Halfway through August. Where does the time go? Yeah. Um, did we even do an AMA this month? I think we I had gotten one in. Was it Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. No. It was like the second, right? Did we do one on the second? No, because we missed two weeks. Right? Yeah, we missed Last two weeks. Last week and the week before. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. We haven't first done first, first AMA of August. Yeah, because I, I went crazy. out of town on the 27th, so... Oh wow! Yeah, we got uh, August sixteenth, twenty twenty-two, and we are doing the Leo Finance AMA, which plenty to catch up on as we've had a little two-week hiatus. Yeah, I was I was traveling, and Cal was super busy helping launch Leo Threads, which I'm sure will be a big topic uh, of this AMA, amongst many other things that are going on in the Leoverse. Um, what do we got? I'm looking in general chat. Sounds like people are having mute on Discord. issues. Oh, yeah. I always forget about Discord. Unmute on Discord. Ah, I'm still waiting for people to come in on Discord anyway. That was like, well, I just thought of uh, Bob Euchre in uh, Major League. It's like, ah, no one's effing listening anyway. <laughs> now they're starting to stumble into Discord. In fact, let me scroll over to the AMA chat and see if there's any questions queued up from times gone past. Well, when threads, that answer's already been given. That was back on the second. Where are the addresses for the new Cub Finance tokens? I'm assuming they're in the docs. Yep. Uh, actually, those I think he's talking about BHBD Beehive. Those aren't yeah. in the docs yet. They're not. I forgot where yeah. I found it when I did mine. I was like I said, I was traveling. I jumped on the computer one day. I found, I found it somewhere. Where did I find it? Oh, I think someone gave it to me in general because I wanted to check liquidity or something. I don't remember what it was, but I found it. If I needed it again, I probably wouldn't have it on hand in fact i should probably uh log on um yeah we already got some uh let's jump into because i got some questions on threads already but let's jump into some updates just because um you know yeah it's let's been a while. Do, exactly while well, we usually do general updates uh so yeah give yeah everyone an update so, on the last couple of weeks big thing yeah i mean this has been a big uh, two weeks for us because uh, we launched threads. Um, you know, if you've been under a rock, you might have missed it. Uh, or if you've been flying around like Mitch, you haven't made a thread yet. <laughs> not made a thread. Um, but threads is essentially, and we talked about it before, um, you know, obviously before it went live uh, on the AMAs, because um, it's our first AMA with threads being live. And uh, Threads is essentially uh, microblogging on Hive. It's kind of a proxy project blank. Um, it's definitely a, so basically the way we're looking at it is we spent 18 months kind of building out like this key infrastructure for, for project blank. And, and that's stuff like Leo Lightning and, and Leo Infra and, and the Leo UI. Um, this is all key stuff and, and also Leo Mobile. All this stuff is, is key, key to, to launching project blank uh, at some point in the future. 
And we basically hit this kind of uh, this kind of uh, breakthrough moment uh, where, you know, if we wanted to keep developing towards Project Blank, we needed a live product um, to basically be able to test um, and and continue our iterations, uh, both on the back end and the front end uh, with the Threads UI. So what you see now is basically that next step towards Project Blank, which is um, you know releasing an actual usable product. Uh, and it's, it's definitely a minimum viable product. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's literally pre V1. So if you look at it right now, uh, we just released version 0 0.3, um, over the weekend. And, uh, that was a performance update. So if you saw that last, uh, at Leo finance post, it, it goes into detail on that. Um, but the, you know, the, this MVP rollout is really important in terms of continuing our development. Um, so anyone who's using threads right now is actually really benefiting our development. Uh, we're collecting a lot of data and feedback on how threads work, uh, both front end and back end. So, um, you know, I definitely see a lot of people and on launch day, it was, it was huge that a lot of people were, you know, basically crashing the site and there were a lot of issues and it was hard to create threads. Um, and we deployed a bunch of updates on that, you know, within a 24 hour period, uh, that fixed a lot of those issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, in order to create a technology like this, we need people to crash it and use it and create bugs so that we can find them and fix them. Um, so if you're using threads and you notice issues, um, you know, we appreciate like a lot of people who are, who are patient with the UI and, and understand that this is like an MVP and it's, it still needs, you know, rapid and, and pretty deep improvements. Um, it's definitely not perfect and it's, it's not going to be perfect for a long time. It's going to take a lot of updates, a lot of iteration, uh, to get it to where we want it to be. Um, so like one thing right now is, uh, we deployed a, that performance update over the weekend and we're, we're actually continuing to deploy updates that are still considered under V 0.3. Um, and, uh, you know, as those updates roll out, sometimes you'll get network errors or 504s. Uh, so stuff like that. So just uh, be patient with the UI and it's uh, it's an MVP. So until I would say until we hit V1.0, you're going to see intermittent issues probably on a daily basis. You'll see, you know, something is out or, uh, you know, something's not working right. A link is broken. Um, you know, the best thing you can do is open a bug report ticket and, and let us know about it. Um, usually we catch the stuff, though, because we have, you know, server logging and, and error logging. So uh, but bug reports really help us and to, to find those bugs and improve quickly. Um, the rollout schedule, and a lot of people have been impressed by this since Leo Threads went live, is that we're rolling out an update a week. So there, there's like a V0.3, V0.4, and uh, our dev team, uh, our goal is to roll one out every single week uh, around Friday-ish, depending on when we get it done. Um, and uh, yeah, so we're, we're rapidly improving the UI and, and the back end as well. Um, I would say the back end is definitely the, the focus right now. We're just trying to improve everything, make it more uh, stable and scalable. Um, but yeah, I've, I've actually been pretty impressed by how smooth the experience has been, um, just considering how complicated the tech is. I mean, it's, if you look at the tech stack that's running threads, it's extremely complex. Um, you know, like I said, I mean, we've literally been building this stuff out for 18 months. So um, it's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible to watch it, watch it go live and use it. And uh, I've been, you know, before it went live, I told everyone, I kind of felt like a weight lifting off my shoulders in a way where 
I knew that, you know, we've been working on this stuff for so long and I was just really happy to get it out. Um, even though that's when the real work started, um, in terms of updating and fixing and getting to that next level. So, um, you know, I, I still, uh, I still feel like a little bit of a weight just to kind of weight lifted, just getting it out and, and getting feedback and letting people use it. I mean, it's, uh, it's definitely the most requested thing that we've ever had in, in the Leoverse. So um, I'm really excited to see how people use it and see what kind of use cases people come up for it. Um, you know, one thing that's that, you know, people are doing right now is called Threadcast, uh, which is something Taskmaster came up with, which is kind of like live tweeting um, on threads. And uh, I think that's a really cool idea. Um, so stuff like that, that, you know, we could never imagine the use cases that the users will come up with. Uh, but you guys come up with awesome stuff to do with, with the stuff we build. So um, I'm really happy with how threads have been going. Yeah, I actually got threads up on my screen right now. I'm looking at see what questions there are in here in regards to uh, answering on the AMA. But before we get into that, continue with the updates. So I know threads have been the big thing over the last couple of weeks. Um, but that doesn't mean all the other things have stopped. So do we have any uh, new news or anything folks need to get updated on in regards to Leo itself um, or uh, Cub DeFi or Polycub? Yeah, so Leo Threads has really been, you know, in terms of the Leo, Leo social side of things, Leo Threads has really taken, taken root. And uh, you can see actually in the, in the latest Leo Stats report, um, the, uh, you know, the activity through threads has been, been astronomical. And then, uh, you know, I've been watching the ad revenue and the ad revenue has doubled, uh, since threads went live. So there's a lot nice. more page views, a lot more time on site, a lot more engagement, uh, people who are actually clicking on ads too. Um, you know, all of these metrics are going up and, and really the, the entire, the entire, um, set of metrics that we use to kind of, you know, fundamentally evaluate uh, Leo Finance have, have all been going up, which is crazy. Um, so uh, threads have really added this, this major use case to, to Leo Finance. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm really happy with how everything's going. And, and obviously at this MVP stage, I think a lot of people have come in, tried it, seen some bugs, and they said, oh, I'll come back later uh, when there's no bugs. And um, you know, that's, that's understandable. You know, I think, I think it takes a certain type of person to be willing to, you know, use a new technology and, and put up with some bugs and some issues and report on them and, and help the dev team build it out. Um, you know, it's a, uh, it's a cool experience and I'm, I'm just happy that, that there's people using it and helping us build it out. Um, cause I, I, I do think that it's the future of Leo finance in a lot of ways. I think that microblogging is, is taking hold in, in a lot of different uh, ways and, um, you know, we'll just keep building it out making it better. Um, in terms of the DeFi stuff, actually, there's a Polycub, uh, monthly report. The first one is, uh, going to be released today. Um, and that report is basically going to, going to show all the data behind the multi-token bridge. Uh, arbitrage revenue, wrapping fees, um, Oracle staking. Uh, it'll also show all the buybacks uh, for VEX Polycubs. So, um, you know, the report is, is pretty in-depth and it, it covers all of this stuff. Um, and I think people are going to be excited by, um, you know, I, I think people are going to be excited by two main things. And, and one of them is how much revenue the protocol is generating from 
uh, the multi-token bridge, which has about half a million dollars in it right now. So that's the TVL of things like PHIVE, PHPD, PLEO. Um, it's got about half a million there. Um, and then, you know, the amount of revenue that's generated on just half a million dollars being in that multi-token bridge is pretty astronomical. And um, obviously the way that revenue is deployed um, is, is talked about in detail in the report, but, um, you know, the, a percentage is used for the VEX Polyco buybacks, which is that paying out that 20% fixed APY to anyone who locked up X Polycub for two years. Um, and then whatever's remaining above that from the revenue is uh, deployed in the protocol liquidity. Um, so it's, it's really cool to see those things grow. And um, basically as more VEX Polycub gets staked, more Polycub needs to be bought back every month. So it kind of creates this, this uh, self-equalizing system where um, you know, if, if users are staking more Polycub, then more Polycub is getting bought back. Um, so it kind of creates this bullish metric um, that, that really supports the price and, and is going to build out that sustainability. So this is obviously the first month we, where we've had the buybacks in place uh, for Bex Polycub. And um, I think it'll be cool to see. So um, basically like 40,000 Polycub were bought this month uh, for the buybacks uh, by the Polycub DAO. And that 40,000 Polycub is getting... Uh, deposited into the VEX Polycub contract. So it, it's getting locked up itself for up to two years. Um, and, and that's basically that Polycub is then distributed to all uh, VEX Polycub stakeholders evenly. So you'll start to see if you, if you look at the UI, um, you know, when that report goes live, if you look at that X Polycub UI, uh, it'll show VEX Polycub and it'll show the uh, XPC VEX PC ratio. Right now is 1.002. It obviously it started at one and then as the buybacks happen, that ratio goes up. So that ratio will go up by a factor of 20% a year. So um, obviously that means every month uh, more Polycom is getting bought back and uh, deployed into the contract, which increases the ratio. Um, so it's gonna be it's gonna be really fascinating to watch how this all plays out with with multi-token bridge revenue, just buying back Polycub. And obviously the lower the Polycub price gets, the more so this is where you kind of get that equilibrium situation where as the Polycub price gets lower, uh, the protocol is, is still earning a lot of dollars in terms of revenue. So those dollars go a longer way in terms of buying Polycub. So, um, you know, like the, the price is like 10 cents right now. So if you look at it, the 40,000 Polycub that needs to be bought back every month costs the protocol a lot less with the price being 10 cents than if it were 20 cents. And that difference uh, basically allows the protocol to compound into the protocol and liquidity which can generate more revenue for the protocol later. Um, so it's, it's kind of this cool system where if the Polycub price is going down, the protocol is basically stocking up more revenue for the future. And then if the Polycub price is going up, the protocol is stocking up less revenue for the future, but it's buying back the same amount of Polycub. Um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting to see how it plays out. And, and obviously this is the first month, so we'll have to see you know, what people think when the report goes live. Um, but I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, you know, after the launch of PHBD, my entire uh, my entire thesis for uh, Polycub and Cub, you know, changed forever. Just just seeing how much revenue could be generated from such a small amount of capital, um, it's really it's really cool to see. Um, and the real key, and it's in that report. You know, how does the community? How do we all come together to grow Polycub and grow Cub? Because I think we all want to see it succeed. Um, you know, it's, it's talked about in that report, but really growing the assets in PHPD, PHIVE, 
uh, beehive and BHBD. That's the uh, that's really the key. Um, so it's it's really important that we grow those um, and we can see the revenue kind of skyrocket from there. Um, so that's kind of where where Polycub's at. I keep an eye out for that report today. Um, it's it's like how many pages is it? It's like 10 pages. Um, so quick 10 page report, and then we'll get mm -hmm. that every single month. Um, and then, you know, from there kind of, kind of see how that, how that progresses. Um, and then with cub, we'll see, um, with cub, we'll see the same report be launched every month. So you'll get that polycub report that's talking about the multi-token bridge revenue and, and the, the growth of polycub and the VEX polycub buybacks. Then you'll also get a separate cub report. And the cool, the cool kind of comparison that I think we're going to get is polycub uses the multi-token bridge revenue to buy back uh, polycub and just de uh, deposit it into vex polycub and so it's basically a buyback and redistribute model cub uses that same model but instead of buyback and redistribute it's buyback and burn so cub is is generating that kind of ridiculous level of revenue on a small amount of capital so i think polycub has about 500k right now in in multi-token bridge liquidity and cub has about 250k and it's been growing cub has been growing pretty fast um, the multi-token bridge has been live for about two weeks on Cub. Um, so it's going to be really fascinating to watch as the buybacks happen on Cub um, simultaneous to those buybacks happening on Polycub. And we'll kind of see uh, which model is, is performing you know, better than the other. And it's kind of like a friendly competition to see uh, both models working. But I think this, this revenue model is very interesting. And uh, Mitch and I were talking about it before before we went live, but um, you know the the Cub protocol is generating about uh, eighteen thousand dollars per month in inflation. So um, you know the amount of Cub that's created, there's one Cub per block. Um, it comes out to about eighteen thousand dollars a month right now, and um, the multi-token bridge on Polycub is generating pretty close to that amount in monthly revenue on five hundred k in multi-token bridge assets. So if you assume that CUB is headed towards getting 500K in multi-token bridge assets, which I think it is, um, you know, I think yesterday it was like 220K and today it's 250K. So we're seeing it grow pretty quickly uh, to that number. You know, it's, it's not hard to imagine a future where uh, CUB is actually buying back more CUB than is being created. Uh, in dollar terms every single month and burning it. So that would mean that Cubs multi-token bridge is outpacing the, the inflationary rate, um, which is super bullish uh, for Cub. So I'm really excited to see how this stuff performs and, and uh, seeing it all live on Polycub has made me really excited about Cub. Uh, and, and me and Mitch were talking about that and, and the multi-token. The, the multi-token bridge kind of turns our DeFi protocols, Cub and Polycub, from being more like other DeFi protocols where you just farm assets and the only utility is farming, it turns it from that into something that's more like a Binance or an FTX. It's kind of like an exchange where it's generating wrapping revenue and uh, the Oracle staking revenue, um, and then also internal arbitrage. We know that you know like Binance and FTX got rich off of uh, arbitraging their own assets. Um, so Polycub and Cub are doing the same thing. And uh, I, th I think it's going to be if we can if we can all come together and grow that multi-token bridge uh, asset that multi-token bridge total value locked both for Cub and Polycub I think we're going to see things kind of turn around and, and turn around in a big way. Um, it's all about that sustainable revenue that we can keep generating and yeah. building out that bridge. I'm I'm yeah. really excited about it.
and that's what's big too is that you know first of all it's just like the snowball essentially got kicked off because really that's what it is like you're trying to build the snowball effect but it's also another avenue of revenue because you know prior it's like all right you know there's ad revenue that's great for burns but it's like wells is revenue being generated and you know not only is this somewhere where you can have a consistent revenue but it's something you can have a consistently growing revenue like ad revenue is what it is and like yeah you can grow it obviously um with more eyeballs and more you know user interaction but bridge revenue is something that is literally like a service that right. you know as more money comes in and more users come in is guaranteed to grow you know ad revenue doesn't distinctly have to move up with you know more users because people still got to click on shit and whatnot this is you know servicing a need and anyone that's providing liquidity especially you know when it comes to like P beehive Hive, you know bhvd all those um essentially going to be using this service <clears throat> and what's great is that revenue circles back into the system you know what i mean yeah it's not like it's just you know going to corporate profits for a centralized organization so exactly well that's where that you know those web three principles come in you know whether you're looking at ad revenue on leo finance or multi-token bridge revenue on polycub and cub um that's the web three principle right like we have a polycub dow we we're, we're setting up the cub dow um, and these things, you know, they allow users and stakeholders to basically control what happens on the platform. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really in the hands of the community and the users to grow the multi-token bridge, um, and kind of determine the, the future of the platform. Um, you know, when you look at Polycub, we just had that, that, uh, Polycub improvement proposal, uh, number two, which was to increase the wrapping fee from 0.25% to 0.5%. Um, and that Did was almost like a unanimous vote. I completely, completely missed that. That must have happened while <laughs> I was uh, on the road and whatnot. Yeah, I think voting ended on like July 22nd or something. Oh, no, I didn't miss that. It was before I went out. I don't remember, uh, even remember how I voted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could have, there were three options. Keep it at 0.25%, increase to 0.35 or increase to 0.5. And it was pretty unanimously towards 0.5%. Nice. So did that uh, so kick that the, in? Has has that kicked in, or is that? Yeah, nice. It's kicked in. So now the protocol is generating even more revenue than it was before. Uh, so, so public service announcement. I think you said updates are being pushed right now. I know a lot of people are saying they're getting five or four errors. I actually tried to uh, jump on Leo Finance just now. I already have a page that was loaded with like the thread thing. Um, but since I've tried to jump on again um, on a, like a new tab, I got the same thing. So. Um, I'm assuming that's because you guys are pushing updates as we speak. Yeah, we were pushing updates this morning and, uh, yeah, the, the devs are still working on it right now. So d definitely, um, yeah, you're, you might see some intermittent outages while, while the updates, cause basically every time an update is pushed, the UI gets rebuilt and then redeployed. Um, so when that happens, if you're refreshing while it's happening, it'll get you an error. So, um, you may get some um, instability for the next few hours while we do that. Cool. Too, so maybe like an hour or two. Speaking of that, when it comes to Leo Mobile, I know ever since Threads, Leo Mobile has been a little rough, if not functioning uh, at all for people. I know some people said like they can't, like one person was like, I can only get on my wallet page. Me, I've been able to like get on, but like literally can't do anything past the curated page. Um, and then, you know, how's that mentioned, you know, Leo Threads is cool, but it'd be even cooler if he could use it through Leo Mobile. So um, 
I'm assuming that updates are going to need to be pushed uh, to the mobile app is my guess. Yep. Yeah, we're working on a Leo mobile update, which will include threads and also an update for lightning. Um, cause I know a lot of people are having, you know, loading issues on mobile, um, right now, just cause there's so much, there's so much content being pushed through lightning now since the threads update. Um, so, uh, we're, we're basically upgrading everything on, on Leo mobile, um, to, to handle threads and everything like that. So, um, hopefully within the next like two weeks, I would say we're going to have nice. like a big, a big mobile update. Um, so we're, we're at V1 right now. We'll see like V1.1.01 and, and it'll, uh, it'll have a really big update uh, to handle threads and everything. I'm excited to be able to thread uh, from the mobile app because right now I probably thread most of the time. I'm probably creating threads from my mobile device using the web app. So just leofinance.io on my mobile browser. Um, that's, that's probably how I create the majority of my threads. Um, so doing that in-app is going to be even easier. Nice. Um, what else? Tony asked, when's Neil coming back? Don't worry, I, I don't take that completely personal, Tony. <laughs> uh, no, one knows, no one knows when Neil's coming back. He is, he is an enigma wrapped in a spreadsheet. Uh, my free BTC asks, the kingdom fees only apply to the sushi tokens and curve earned by staking right trading fees don't get taxed um yeah it should so good question um yeah it's only by staking because you what the what the kingdom's contract is doing is taking the so like it's earning sushi right the the lps are earning sushi it's taking that sushi and selling it back into the base LP asset. So if it's like a WEATH uh, WBTC kingdom, um, that WEATH WBTC kingdom is earning sushi uh, and then it's selling the sushi for uh, WEATH and Bitcoin. And then it's buying back into the WEATH uh, WBTC LP. And then it's distributing those LP tokens to all the kingdom stakers. So yeah, that doesn't have an impact on trading fees because you already the trading fees are built into your existing LP position. So, yeah, because an LP position is basically just a management fee, right? Right. So, um, it's just a management fee only on the yield, uh, only on the yield token being earned, not the base trading uh, fees from the decks. Yep. Uh, what else we got? Uh, what do we got? Someone's asking, what are they asking? Was wondering what the Leo Cub system is paying in the pools. I had a nice stake of Matic mature on my exchange, blah, 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 blah. We cut the rates in half. I'm assuming they're asking about the um, Peleomatic pool because that's essentially the place to earn yield on Matic on Cub DeFi. Um, I do not know what that is off the top of my head because I don't have Polycub up right now, but I'm sure someone can throw in that answer because we just got to look at the yield on the pool or just go to polycub.com and look at, um, I'm too lazy. That's funny. You and me both. Oh yeah. Uh, nailing on put the, the link for Polycub. Hit that and hit kingdoms or farms 
So good old threads. Um, yeah, I'm upvoting everyone. So there's a lot of, uh, this is, this is pretty cool to, to have threads live during the AMA because we're getting yeah. a lot of, a lot more engagement. I'm afraid uh, to try and questions. refresh. I'm on that, but I'm afraid to refresh. Cause I'm like, I don't want to get a, an error. <laughs> I just got the initial stuff. Um, which Marcos, we answered. I see him just based on the pick on that. He asked about, you know, Leo mobile. So it sounds like that's going to come in the next week or two. Um, Tom Hall's question you answered just, uh, as part of the update in regards to the polycub report. So, which I'm actually looking forward to checking out that polycub report. That's going to be something I actually read through mostly, which is definitely a change for me. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, TLDR okay. for yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. The cool thing about that report is, uh, you know, it's, it's in depth, but it's not like, you know, it, there's for as many words as there are, there's even more charts. So it's, it's kind of cool to see it. It's, Essentially, what we were going for was kind of like a prospectus for a public company, but, uh, you know, a lot more readable and user friendly, not just a bunch of, you know, BS language. So um, I think it'll be I think people will be excited about that report. And then also kind of the idea that that report's going to be used for Cub and then also uh, for Leo ad revenue. So um, looking forward to the Cub one, especially. Yeah. Yeah. The Cub one will be cool. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to have everyone see it. I'll give you guys as we always do a little alpha in the, uh, in the discord, this is a, what a page from the report looks like. Um, obviously some, some pages are more charts than words. Some are more words than charts. Um, cat likes charts. Yeah. Charts are nice. Charts. Nice. Um, but yeah, I saw a taskmaster create a thread. He said, Mitch gets it. He understands focusing on building revenues is something we do not see much in crypto. 100%. I think what's going to be cool about our DeFi platforms versus others is that we're focusing right now, you know, the, the token prices are stupidly low. I mean, Cub at two cents and Polycub at 10 cents is like ridiculously low valuations. Um, I think Cub's market cap is like 380K. Polycub's is like 700K. Um, so um, what's what what that provides us is is an opportunity, which is this revenue and once you see it in this in this report um I, th I think most people are gonna be kind of astonished by that revenue um outpaces inflation so it's like if if we can grow the multi-token bridge assets we can continually outpace inflation from month to month and uh for cub that means buying back more cub and burning it than is created for polycub that means buying back more polycub than is created and locking it as vex polycub uh to pay that yield uh, for Vex Polycub stakeholders. So, um, I think it's, I think it's really, really cool because, um, it, it's just, it's, it's really, it's really bringing in like this traditional finance view that is actually beneficial. Cause a lot of things from trad five, people look at it as being bad. Uh, but there's plenty of things that are great from, from trad five and, and we're kind of taking that revenue and, and free cash flow model and, and implementing it. Um, oh, absolutely. So well, I, I'm, I'm pulling a lot of inspiration from things like uh, SBF and uh, FTX and Binance, and then also a lot of TradFi and hedge funds. And I, I'm trying to pull in a lot of, uh, um, I'm trying to pull in a lot of uh, inspiration from how they uh, operate and, and kind of use that to build really robust platforms that actually generate good, good, sustainable and growing yield. Uh, that's, that's the entire mission. Mm, absolutely. Well, again, and the increasing revenue 
is not only a win, but again, it's the fact that it essentially goes back into the system. It's not just going to pad the bottom line of profits for a you know central central entity. Uh, did you see my free BT's last question? He's got a good. Yeah, one. I'm not really sure what he means. Um, the the wrapping between Leo Bank. I'm not sure. Like Leo Growth is is uh, you know when it wraps, it gets the same fee as every other account. Uh, same thing with Leo Bank, except for the buybacks. So if it ever pulls like HBD or Hive revenue out, it, those buybacks are not uh, subject to wrapping fees because it's obviously not even wrapping them. Um, so it's just pulling it out of the Oracle. But but um, outside of that, like you can see, uh, you know, Leo.Bank wrapped like 28,000 Hive or something uh, yesterday and that's subject to the, to the fees. I mean, <laughs> makes sense. That's like what he just said. Like, he's like, but the part of the protocol is just paying fees to itself. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, well, I'm saying if that's the case, which it sounds like it is, it's like, it's kind of like six one by half a dozen the other. Cause it's like, all right, instead of doing it without paying the fee, it's like you're paying the fee, but those fees are coming right back, which are being used. So, I mean, I guess it's something that could be parsed out, but in the end, I feel like it has the same effect. It's just because it's just getting recycled right back in. Right. So Yeah. I mean, if like, like if the, or like, let's say that the, cause I think he's, what he's talking about is like the, the HBD that was pulled uh, for PHBD for the buyback. Like if, if it paid a fee on that, which it could, um, it, it would essentially just be paying a fee for the future revenue, I guess. Like it's exactly what you're saying. It's like six, that six dozen of one, you know, half a dozen of another. It's like, it's both the same. Hold on, thing. hold on. We gotta we gotta get the metaphors correct. It's yeah, six one way, half a dozen the other. I actually haven't heard that before. I you know uh, what? I never heard that six, until some some girl I was dating like 15 years ago said that. And I was like, huh, that's very useful. Because it was something like, you know, which way do you want to go? Like we had to walk, right. you know, whatever around the block. And it was that just makes like sense. It, it didn't matter which direction we went, it was the same distance. So it was like, right. you know, it's like basically six, six one way, half a dozen the other. A half a right. dozen and six is the exact same thing. Right. So, what if it's a baker's dozen? Well, that's a whole other thing because we're not even getting <laughs> we're not even getting to a dozen. Then you get a bonus. <laughs> that's when you choose that one because you win. You get the extra the extra bagel. So, and if you're in, if you're in New York, an extra bagel is always a win. I'll take it. I'll take it. Which sidebar ate way too many bagels while while I was in New York because they're so good. <laughs> Anyway, back to scheduled programming. Um, so yeah, I think we got all the questions in Discord. I know you got the eye on threads. Uh, hold on, what do we got here? What was your future worth? Nalon asked, will we see a future where outside users will use I'm sorry. Well, outside users move multiple cryptos across chain through the cub protocol. There is only so much revenue that we can generate from the hive user base. If users can use the bridge to swap USDC, for example, cross chain, it would push up revenue. There are very few options to cross chain for reasonable fees. Yeah, I saw that. So that's kind of talking about like Leo bridge, the idea of having a multi uh, multi chain bridge <laughs> yeah. um, where it's just a single UI. You click swap and you can swap anything. Um, so it's kind of like multi-chain. Still, 
Right, like exactly like multi-chain, but using the multi-token bridge that we've built instead. Um, 100%, we're, we're still working on that. It's it's going to be with HBD and Hive now live on uh, BNB Smart Chain with BHBD, Beehive, and then Polygon with PHBD, Beehive. The idea of Leo Bridge is even more important. So it's exactly like Nylon said, like if we deploy this, uh, basically this UI, because essentially you can do it, like you can do that right now. You can do exactly what he's talking about, but you have to do it on your own. Like you have to go to the UI, you have to buy, uh, you know, like let's say that you buy Beehive and you want to get um, HBD onto Polygon or, or even like, let's say that you've got BUSD on Binance uh, Smart Chain and you want to get USDC on Polygon. You can take your BUSD, you can convert it to BHBD, then you can unwrap BHBD to HBD, then you can rewrap that HBD to PHBD, then you can sell the PHBD for USDC, and now you've just gone from BUSD to USDC, from BNB Smart Chain to uh, Polygon uh, without using any middleman uh, centralized exchange. You just did it through smart contracts and decentralized uh, protocols. So, and at the um, same time, lost every person that's not a crypto nerd. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, so you could do that right now on your own. Uh, obviously, the what we need to create is a UI for people to do that, um, and that's going to be kind of one of those big next projects that we tackle, uh, which will just be to create a multi-token bridge UI where you can where you can do that swapping. We actually created it for uh, Ethereum to to BSC, uh, but there's a lot of work left to be done. So. Um, a lot of, a lot of work left to be done to make that compatible with Polygon and, and make it better and more user-friendly. So, uh, that is I love it. So I actually refreshed the thread and it's sort of working. I see all the taskmaster comments. I don't know if there's others that didn't load. Apparently, uh, like this is my favorite thread <coughs> hashtag scared cat broke threads. <laughs> I did. I jumped in the threads and I blew as it soon up as already. You jumped in it all as, soon as I jumped in. I should have said, I, I stayed away for the first week and a half of threads. And as soon as I jump in, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> so I don't see anything new in that. Oh, uh, Taskmaster asked, when will we get a report on the ad revenue? Um, soon. It's in the Sooniverse. It is in the universe. Yeah, the, the, this is what I'm excited about too, is that this, this reporting framework that we're using now, uh, we're going to start using it for Polycub every single month, uh, Cub every single month, and Leo every single month. So for Polycub, it's the VEX Polycub buybacks. That's the focus. For Cub, it's the uh, Cub buyback and burn. And then for, uh, for Leo, it's the Leo ads uh, buyback. So uh, it's, it's going to be cool to have all these reports going out. Um, and then also the, the reports include the DAO data. So, you know, who's voting and, and uh, you know, Polycub improvement proposal system and, and stuff like that, like yield governance and, and all the DAO stuff that we're doing. Cause, you know, kind of one of the things that slid under the radar in a few ways is, is that poly, with Polycub, we launched an entire DAO framework uh, that's gonna be used both for Cub and Leo. Um, so that, that DAO framework is live on, on Polycub and people are, are voting on yield governance every single week and then those those pips are getting voted on as well. Um, so I, th I think that kind of slid under the radar that we we actually developed an entire DAO um, and uh, a functional DAO because a lot of uh, a lot of projects, especially in the DeFi space, 
uh, claim to have DAOs and they claim that they're building DAOs and that's the whole fundamental value of their project, uh, but they don't have a functional DAO yet. Uh, they're like, it's, it's like in the Sooniverse for them, uh, but we're, we're in the Nowiverse. So our DAO is live and functional. Nice. That's, uh, did you see what Task posted in Discord? That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Three Speak is doing Hive Chat now. On Oh, that's cool. Well, no, he said they're holding a Hive Chat in threads as we speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to see more. Um, I'd love to see more people using uh, threads in the same way they use Twitter. Like, I've seen so many people since the launch of threads asking how to use um how to use threads um and and really i mean it's uh, my comment to them is is just i mean have you used twitter just use it the same way um you know that's what it's it's intended to be like a twitter killer um it is it is you know it's literally 240 characters and you can share links you can share images um and uh you know that's that's why you should use it if you have a quick thought about anything just just create a thread and post it and you know it's uh that's that's how you use it there's no there's no real um you know there's no real requirements for what a thread needs to be a thread is whatever you make it so you know the community makes threads out to be whatever they want it to be we're here to provide the tools to use threads and to filter threads and to you know discover threads and, you know, being that it's an MVP, obviously, you know, there's only a few ways to filter, like there's hashtags, and then you can filter from created and trending. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people have asked for, for a few different, uh, a few different extra filtering mechanisms. And that's what, um, you know, that's what we're working on building. But um, yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, threads are what you make it and it's microblogging and it's not intended to be, you know, you shouldn't have to overthink the content that you create. I think on Hive, we're all kind of stuck in this mode of thinking where your content needs to be, you know, the, the best novel ever written. Um, but with threads, that, that just completely removes that from the equation. You know, you can create a thousand threads a day and nobody's going to tell you that they're, they're shit. I mean, you can, you can literally post, like, let's say that Mitch goes out and he hasn't made a thread yet. And for his first 26 threads, he posts one letter from the alphabet and just, that's all he threads <laughs> about. And, uh, and nobody's gonna, you know, there's nobody out there to downvote you. There's nobody out there to, to tell you that you can't do that. I mean, it's, it's decentralized, it's microblogging on the blockchain and uh, it all gets posted, posted to the high blockchain as well. So it's, it's, uh, threads are what you make it. And, um, I, I just think it's really cool that we have this feature now and, and uh, oh, yeah. I I'd like to see more right people now, using it. I'm just thinking challenge accepted. <laughs> Today shall be letter A. Letter A. <laughs> I don't know if I have the commitment to make it through 26 days. Yeah, that's funny. That's hilarious. And then, get, you know, maybe the I'll get about, some upvotes on my letters. Yeah, exactly. What's your well, favorite letter? Vote for your favorite right. letter. Right. Well, that's the funny thing. So I was about to say, um, you know, with curation, like people ask like, oh, how do you earn rewards on threads? And why am I not getting upvotes on my threads and stuff like that? And when it comes to like hive posts, you know, you may spend a few hours writing like a 2000 word blog post. And then you get disappointed when you don't see a lot of upvotes on it and you don't get yeah. the rewards that you wish you got. 
but with threads, you could create a thousand threads. And, you know, the way I look at it is if you get, it's more like a tip on threads. Like if you get a tip, you're happy about it, but it's not required. It's optional. And, uh, you know, it's cool to get. And, and that's how they work. You don't need to get upvoted on every single thread you make. I think it's cool that you can just create threads based on what you want to talk about and you can engage with people based on what you want to talk about. And then on top of that, people are tipping each other and occasionally you're going to get upvotes and you're going to earn rewards. Um, you know, like I just upvoted this three speak thread. Uh, let's see how much they're going to make from that. Um, but, but the cool thing is it's not about how much you make. It's, it's about engagement and having fun and using something, you know, people use Twitter all day long and they're earning zero. Always. Yep. You can never have an option to earn. Wait, money. hold on, Cal. They're not earning zero. They're getting the emotional lift <laughs> of getting little hearts uh, every 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 time they post. Because yep. that's essentially what Web2 is. We traded our content for little hearts and likes. Yep. 100%. Which is funny. You traded, then, your, you traded the value of your content for likes. Yes. For brownie little, points. Little, like yes, exactly. That's what they are. Brownie. Little feel-good clicks. Mm-hmm. Which is funny though, because then someone comes into like a Web3 environment and then they get sad they're not earning anything. It's like, dude, you weren't earning anything on the Web2 platform you just came from. Right. Like how quickly, and that's, you know, honestly, that goes back to something that's even deeper. And it's just that fundamental, you know, we're as humans, we're either focusing on what we don't have or we're grateful for what we do have. And unfortunately, the default operating model is focusing on what you don't have. You want something, you don't have it. Now I'm sad, Right. And this is why the whole web two thing. Yeah, and that's why the whole web two thing works though, because it's just like you post, people give you likes, and you feel good about yourself. So it's pretty interesting, and that whole dynamic is going to be interesting because I've already had that thought in terms of like, I've looked at threads, and you know, I've engaged on some, and it was like, I was almost like hesitant to vote on it because I'm like, well, don't want to be using up vote juice on a thread, you know, because I'm already tight as it is voting on 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 posts that i want to vote on right and i have to spread that out you know maybe do like you know i'll do like 50 percent votes and whatnot um so i can spread the love a little more so um i voted like on one thread you know i threw an upvote um thus far but that's gonna be interesting too i'd like to see over the next month if the number of blog posts actually shrinks because a lot of people are just doing threads instead. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that works out too, in terms of, you know, uh, voting on threads. And if there starts being some like, you know, whatever, ill will or negative feelings over, you know, a thread making a lot of money, which in the end, like it is what it is. That's just human nature nonsense, but it's just going to be, put it this way. It's going to be a fun show to sit back. I'll have my popcorn and kind of watch how it plays out over the next 30 days or so. So. My free BTC told me to use Dust Sweeper. Um, I'm so ignorant. I don't even know if that's an actual thing. Sounds cool though. Is that a way for me to just like drop micro votes uh, automatically on stuff? I feel like I've I've pretty much been out of loop for two weeks, and it feels like it's been essentially two months. Like yeah. that's crypto for you. It's like 100. I, I go away from my machine for two weeks and. I don't know anything anymore. Make sure your little upvotes get paid. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that's what I love about these AMAs, man. Great questions and people always dropping stuff in the chat that's uh, value-add and useful. 
They go on a vote when it's about to expire. Oh, all right. Well, I follow Nifty, so I should be able to find that post. I'm going to check that out for sure. That would be useful to me because I'm definitely not maximizing my curation rewards at all. Um, I still manually vote pretty much every day. Obviously, if I'm away from my machine, sometimes I don't get to it. That's when Leo Mobile co comes in handy, assuming, you know, it's behaving. <laughs> um, but yeah, Hive has dust vote smaller, so I push it over. That's cool. Not sure about Leo. Uh, Leo doesn't have that. So that'd be any, cool. Any just, any amount. I'll just it'd be cool if it did. It just I'll just dust threads all dust the time. <laughs> like there'll be a thread a thread dusting today. Well, the thing about dust votes is that if it's over zero or if it's under 0 0.02, it doesn't on Hive, it doesn't uh, get any payout. So like if your 10% gotcha. upvote is like 0 0.01, uh, nothing will get paid out from that. So okay. it's kind of like losing an upvote almost, losing a 10% of an upvote. I agree with Task. A lot of blog posts belong on threads because they're only 100 words. Um, agreed. I mean, my posts, honestly, like they're too long to threads, but they're not super long. Like I generally average, like I think about 300 words, three to 400 words, especially like on like the uh, chart analysis posts. I mean, it's not, you know, a whole shit ton to say. It's like, here's the chart. Here's the levels I'm looking at. You know, here's the price action and that's it. I don't need to drag it out. Usually those posts are only like a few hundred words. It would be cool to, I, I also, wonder how... I actually don't know how dust sweeper works, but it might be cool to have our own like internal dust sweeper where any thread that is under 0.02 just automatically gets sweeped um, by our own system. So that would be cool. I don't know. Maybe, maybe someone in chat knows more about how that works and maybe who's running it or something that we could talk to. So Tess, what's up, Mup, that I was actually going to ask. I was curious about it. And he said threads are ideal for charts and people showing visuals like that. So I can basically... Again, I haven't done a thread yet, so I'm just going to, you know, approach it like a five-year-old uh, in terms of uh, questions. So I can add images to threads? Yeah. Yeah. You just copy paste an image um, just like you do on a blog post. Dude, that's badass. Um, I mean, I could like yeah. literally put up a chart, uh, uh, a pick of a chart with a one-liner if I want to. Yep. Yeah. I know that's funny. I was gonna mention that earlier, Cal. I, somehow uh, I totally forgot, and you you uh, you didn't kind of notice. I totally forgot to change my background. Oh, I didn't even my notice. Leo finance. So how is that said, Cat? Bitcoin enthusiast. Yeah, Bitcoin look at that. Enthusiast. It's on my phone. That's not my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I am a Bitcoin enthusiast. I bought more Bitcoin at twenty and nineteen and eighteen, and wish I would have bought Ethereum instead because holy holy up one hundred percent in a month. But uh, yeah, I added to my long-term uh, Bitcoin bag on the uh, on the dip. I didn't add much in terms of alts uh, outside of I added to Rune. Um, and I did buy some Atom because I just wanted some exposure to the Cosmos uh, blockchain. Uh, and then just kept stacking Cub, Leo, and Polycub. I didn't buy any, but I just continued to stack because I got a nice chunk that comes in every day. And I just keep stacking. Fact. 
I'd really like to know where I am on the Cub Rich list. I know I'm behind one Alpha and Cal for sure, but who else am I behind? And it might not be anyone. Who knows? Or it'd be cool Stack if threads could be linked into the posts with the markdown. That would be that would be cool, actually. And I, I, I know my uh, I know my soul. I don't know why I couldn't say that for a second. Yeah, no, that's not anything that's been hidden. I'm I'm a, a cub whale because I mean. I stayed with Cub. I didn't move all my Cub over to Poly Cub. Um, I kept stacking, trying to get a bigger stack for more and more, uh, more and more airdrops. There'll be some airdrop uh, somehow, some way. It's <laughs> funny. Cat will confirm. What is uh, this? Morty asked in threads. Up. Why are images in threads uploaded externally to web two Imgur instead of any Leo finite type server? So actually, if you look at like, I just uploaded a image uh, for the polycub report. I actually just linked it in discord too. Um, like see here, um, it shows uh, it's on, it, it was actually uploaded to images.hive.blog. So that's on hive. Uh, but we also use Imgur because sometimes hive.blog doesn't work for various reasons. So Imgur is kind of like a backup for us. Um, and that's kind of, you know, sometimes you'll see images actually go to Imgur instead of, uh, instead of hive.blog. Oh, that's funny. It took me a second to understand what Tass just did there. For Cat to make up for lack of monetized upvotes, meaning like hashtag upvote this. In fact, Task. We should, I, me and Tess like never vote each other. We comment on each other's shit, but we like never vote each other. Uh, we should get into a vote love affair task. Although I think you have uh, a bit more stake than I do. Let's see if I can get this thread to, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try and refresh and see if it comes up. Let's see. I know there's updates going on when I get, I don't know if anyone else is getting it, but in dark mode on Leo finance, what'll happen is um, like people's names and like the payouts, like are also still in dark text, even though you're in dark mode. So you really can't see them unless you like hover over it. And then, and then it, 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 it turns white. That's been hot happening on and off for like the last couple of weeks. And it's usually when there's updates being pushed. Come on, threads. You can do it. So far, I'm just getting a little spinny circle. I will look back in a moment. Oh, I think it just loaded. Nope. Nothing new. So what else we got? Let me look at YouTube. Uh, comments that are on par with everything in Discord. So that's good. I don't see anything new in Discord. Let's see how the threads are doing. 
I went back to the main page and I'm completely lost. Oh, there we go. I found the task thing. Uh, now the pictures are loading too. That just jumped my page. Big pictures. Nailon bought some Alpha Mermaids again today. They're worth about 200 each at the top of the run and now they're $20. So basically the cards are on par with pretty much all of crypto in terms of uh, pullback. All righty, let me vote. Although right now my juice isn't, I just did a bunch of votes. There you go, I found Task's uh, heart post. Or thread, I should say. <laughs> nice. I agree, Task. Someone should NFT my first thread post. The pressure's on now. I got to make something cool. I can't just do A. I really want to do that now, though, and turn it into a contest. Vote for your favorite letter. I could turn it into some kind of prize, too. Like, whatever letter wins, those people split the rewards from the uh, thread. Although, I don't end up making anything off of that, but it'd still be fun. It would be fun. That's what threads is about. Have fun. Exactly. Engage. I'm just here to have fun in crypto and chew bubble gum. And I'm all <laughs> out of bubble gum. Only, only, only the 40 plus crowd will probably know that reference. I knew it was a quote. Oh yeah. It's, it's uh, there's, there was a movie where Roddy Roddy Piper back in the eighties called they live. And basically like, you know, there's like aliens walking around earth, but like you can only see them with these certain glasses. But uh, yeah, he said he walks into this bank with a gun and everyone like you know freaks out and he's just like i'm here for two reasons to kick ass and chew bubble gum and i'm all out of bubble gum it sounds like something from a recent movie too oh, i'm sure i think it was reused. in deadpool i think it was in deadpool he might have reused guess. it in deadpool yeah yeah in fact i think you're right it wow. sounded really familiar when you said it but i've never seen that movie yeah, so it's from an it's from an eighties movie called They Live, which honestly isn't a bad movie. Just check it out. Little Roddy Roddy Piper. I think that's the only movie he did. I could be wrong. You know, I'm assuming you know who that is, right? The old, the wrestler from back in the day. No. What? Oh, he was like uh he was around during like peak Hulk Hogan time. Hogan stayed around obviously longer than like anybody, but yeah, Roddy Roddy Piper was the mad. He was awesome. <laughs> so anyway, if you got any questions, throw them in the chat. How long have we been going now? About a good hour, I think, right? At least. Yeah. And we were on pre-show for like an hour or two. Got oh, it was that long. But yeah, pre-show, we probably yeah, had a good half pre-show hour. Was good. Yeah. About a half hour. And we had a couple of weeks to catch up for. Talking some real estate. I need to talk uh, Cal into taking all his crypto riches and investing into real estate projects with me. <laughs> I don't know how much find, riches are left. I will find but... the project. Exactly, right? <laughs> Finding nifty profiles of pain in the, in the task. That's funny. That is true. That is one thing that's still, let's go back to that. That's a, a old drawing board one. When search feature on leo finance uh desktop to find people soon soon 
but you have it on mobile. <laughs> if I could get mobile to open. Actually, mobile has a really, uh, that was another update that kind of slid under, but it was a very infrastructure-based update. Um, the uh, we, we added full text search to mobile and uh, you can you can actually search like anything in mobile and it that's huge actually. Uh, search all content yeah it's not, it's you know it's obviously not perfect it needs a lot of improving but it does work um it does work so that's something a, that should definitely be uh shared migrated yeah oh, we're gonna, no, no, we're no, gonna merge like, it into desktop not i don't even know if like a lot of people even realize that i mean it's kind of it's like when in doubt, you know, go to mobile and search. Yep. Is there a way to get mobile to work? Um, Marco, some pushes. We talked um, when you missed it. The uh, Leo mobile app is going to get some updates. Would you say over the next like week or so? Yeah. Uh, give it like one to two weeks or so. We're, we're working on it right now. Uh, but ever since threads went live, basically lightning is indexing a lot more content than it did before. And it's, it's indexing threads, yep. uh, but Leo mobile hasn't been updated yet to handle that. So, um, yeah, it worked fine until threads went live. Yeah. It's, uh, there's definitely a lot of outages on Leo mobile now until we, they, yeah, they, they broke mobile to a degree, uh, where, you know, things don't load the way they used to. Um, but yeah, with the, with the new update, you'll get threads on mobile and you'll get better up, uh, better loading on everything too. So, um, this is why my, here's why my curation, uh, you know, APR tanked because I was, <laughs> I was why. away, I was away for, you know, a week and a half, two weeks and I couldn't go on Leo, Leo mobile to vote because, you know, stinking threads, damn yep. those threads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be updated soon in this universe. Yeah, Leo Mobile's not, I mean, I know some people just prefer, you know, living on mobile. I mean, for me, it's more so, uh, you know, just convenient when I'm away from my machine, whether it's traveling or just if I'm, you know, uh, away from keyboard for like a full day locally, it's just nice to be able to jump on if I have some downtime and, you know, vote some people up, maybe make some comments. Um, I've never tried to post from mobile. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I'll do it. At some point, probably when I'm like, you know, away from my desk for several days. Um, but me, I'm old school. I, I prefer to post from desktop just because that's what I'm used to, mm -hmm. um, especially from being a blogger, like, you know, pre-crypto days. But uh, mobile is definitely nice for stuff like that. Yeah, so yeah I definitely think mobile is going to be not about posting blog posts. It's going to definitely, like even when you see the update, it, it prioritizes when you hit the post button, it shows you threads to post a thread. Uh, you obviously still can post a post, like a blog post, but um, yeah, it, it will prioritize threads. And I've said this a few times, the, the Leo desktop UI is built um, for the content creator experience and Leo mobile is built for the content consumer experience. Um, obviously with threads though, it kind of turns people who are on Leo mobile into content creators uh, as well in a different way than, than blog posting. So um, yeah, it, it is, uh, it's interesting, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really see it as being that feasible to post blog posts from mobile. Like, I don't think people are sitting there typing thousand word blog posts from from their iPhone or, or Android. So instead I see people creating threads and engaging just the same, like Twitter. I almost never use Twitter on desktop. Um, I like 90% of the time I'm on mobile. Yeah, I'm on the Twitter app. So 
uh, Leo mobile is going to turn into kind of like threads. Like it's, it's just kind of like threads mobile. Um, well, so that's kind of where it takes us to the next question. And I saw someone posted somewhere. I don't know if it was in threads. I can't find an AMA. I know I saw it though. When we were getting the call started, someone had posed a question. I'm pretty sure it was in threads that asked essentially like, you know, that question that goes way back. And I'm assuming it hasn't changed about project blank. It's like, you know, when project blank launches, you know, is there going to be some kind of airdrop still? Um, And that's, I guess, a good question because like, you know, threads is sort of like project blank, just within Leo finance, as opposed to being a standalone thing. So I guess maybe if there's any update in regards to that with the plan for, you know, project blank. Yeah. We'll be talking about project blank plans later in this universe. All right. But yeah, right now I'm right now, you know, the entire team is focused on threads and making Leo threads amazing. Uh, making the experience amazing, improving the infrastructure, making it scalable. That's the, uh, you know, that's where we're at because uh, Threads is a game changer for Leo and, and uh, you know, all this infrastructure that we've built and, and everything that we've been doing, it's, it's really important. And generating that ad revenue is also really important for the long-term of Leo uh, as a token. So uh, that's definitely where the focus is. All, all this hodling, so little airdrops. <laughs> Ah, promises, promises. (laughs) We delivered. I'm just messing messing with you. I know. Uh, When airdrops, when free money. (laughs) When soon, when soon. Uh, No, so, I mean, it's pretty awesome, you know, to watch things evolve. I'm, you know, over the last like six months, especially. And, you know, I think you see it more so in tech-based endeavors and businesses where you're pivoting more often right because like i talk about that all the time in business like you know the key is pivoting like you come you, you start with a plan you you get user feedback you get experience you see you know what's working what's not and then you pivot right and that's huge in tech and it's talked about it you know especially like silicon valley like that's like one of the most popular words is basically pivot and you've seen it happen you know over the last six months especially with all the Leo finance projects, you know, like you had ideas and directions you wanted to go. And then based on the feedback and the uh, user experience and just uh, the engagement, you know, uh, you've pivoted and changed. And I think a lot of that, you know, has been for a positive, um, you know, and a lot of it's been geared toward building sustainability for the DeFi apps. So as much as, you know, you can go back and like people like, oh, you know, I want my Avalanche Cub airdrop and my Phantom Cub airdrop at the same time. It's like, well, there's no point of building out those things if there's no sustainability. It's just going to basically launch and then trend down to zero, right? Right. So um, I think that pivot has, has occurred. And it's like, all right, how do we build sustainability in a DeFi platform? How do we generate more revenue sources to help create that sustainability on top of that? So, you know, as much as um, it's always fun and nice to have airdrops uh, at the same time, it's smarter to make pivots that create a sustainable business, uh, a sustainable, uh, you know, ecosystem. Right. Yeah, the the fo- the change in focus has been really important, I think, for for Polycub and and now for Cub as of you know the last two weeks, which is to build out that sustainability, to build out those revenue sources, and 
And, uh, you know, especially in this time where crypto is down, everything's down. Um, you know, I was listening to this uh, podcast and I'm, I'm a big fan of the all in podcast uh, with, you know, a bunch of a bunch of basically startup investors. Um, the second person that said that to me that this week. Really? Yeah, I got another um, buddy, a real estate buddy that loves that podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I, I love it. And they're, you know, they're, you know, these guys are, are you know, basically like these huge uh, VCs and uh, tech builders. And, you know, uh, you know, one of them was an early employee at Facebook. Another was an early employee at PayPal. Uh, and now they're, you know, super, super famous in the venture capital community. Uh, Summer Tooth, it's called All In Podcast. Um and, uh, and yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to watch because they talk a lot about startups and investing and, and even crypto sometimes. And um, it's, uh, you know, one thing that they talk about is that there's been this big shift in focus for investors, both in public equities and private uh, VC investing, which is they're looking at free cash flow and they're looking at revenue and burn rate. And, you know, I, I take a lot of that stuff to heart because it's very, obviously it's very um, relatable for, for Leo stuff. So like for Leo, you know, we have a burn rate and, you know, I've talked about this on, on the podcast before about, you know, honing in our, our, our burn rate, saving up some cash and being ready for, you know, four to five years of a, of a bear market. Um, that's basically what I did over the last, you know, 12 months for Leo is, is I, I looked at our burn rate. I looked at how much cash, you know, we had to develop things and, and I made sure that we had enough cash for, for four to five years of uh, essentially making no revenue. Um, so, you know, that, that was a really important focus for me. And then, uh, and that came directly from the podcast, but this, this idea about free cash flow and revenue is really changing my ideas for Cub and Polycub and really focusing on, especially in a bear market, generating revenue uh, for the protocols and having the DAO set up and, and uh, doing all this stuff. That's why you can see this kind of, this kind of, um, you know, very important and kind of critical change over the last couple of months for PHBD, PHIVE, BHBD, BHIVE, uh, which is just building out the multi-token bridge and ensuring that, you know, we can generate a lot of revenue for the protocol and we're not just any other D5 protocol, <coughs> excuse me, uh, trending down to zero. Um, we are actually a, a protocol that is generating real revenues, uh, real exchange volumes, uh, real arbitrage. Um, so that's really where, where Cub and Polycub have gotten to, um, you know, especially looking at, looking at, you know, their prices and where these low valuations have gotten to the, the amount of revenue that can be generated on such a small amount of TVL on the multi-token bridge is really incredible. Um, so, you know, like I keep saying, like when everyone sees this Polycub report, you're going to really get a, a transparent glimpse into how much revenue we could potentially build up through Polycub and Cub. Um, you know, if we can grow the multi-token bridge uh, TVL from, you know, for Polycub right now, it's 500K, for Cub, it's 250K. You know, if we grow that to a million and 500K or, you know, a million on each, two million on each over time, you know, over a long period of time, that revenue is going to get really crazy. And then the buybacks of Polycub and Cub are just going to create exponentially more value. Uh, obviously, you know, it increases APYs in the farms and, and uh, you know, it creates a very positively trending snowball effect. Uh, and, and I'm just excited to see, you know, that kind of get kickstarted with this Polycub report. And then obviously the Cub report that follows it. Yeah. 
No, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of things that follow, I guess I'm going to write a uh, AMA recap after we get off because I didn't try and multitask. I kind of forgot about even trying to do it, but yeah. it's better off because it's tough to write that and try and uh, engage as host. So um, I will, I think I'm going to scrape one together when we get off. But speaking of uh, wrapping up, usually we end the calls with just kind of general crypto talk. So uh, we got five minutes to two in Eastern here. So yeah, you want to do like a five minute uh, general crypto. I know in uh, YouTube, Morty asked, uh, what did he say? Bitcoin breaking 25K or crashing back down to 20 in the next couple of weeks. Um, I thought that was interesting because I did a post. It's probably a few, day, a few days ago at this point talking about uh, Bitcoin struggling at, I think it was like 24 and change. I figured exactly what my, range was but i was looking at the four hour chart uh because you can kind of see it clear and more um, you know with more clarity so um yeah it's very interesting honestly um there's this mysterious it's not completely mysterious because there was definitely consolidation at that level like way back when like a year or so ago but bitcoin has been struggling um you know in that little area so let me bring up my chart right now i can tell us talk about more specific prices so. It's pretty crazy how, you know, we did kind of jump a lot from that, that latest CPI print, you know, it's, you yeah. know, all markets really rallied off of that. Oh yeah. I mean, and the S&P is up today. S&P broke through that key resistance level. So in fact, the S&P has actually been doing better over the last month than Bitcoin in terms of like a rally. Um, yeah. So basically 20, like 24.3 to like 24.9 is kind of like that uh supply zone that i'm looking at and sure enough like even like yesterday's candle it spiked through it and then knocked it down and we got you know a nice upper wick and today we're red and so i don't know what it is about that level but bitcoin's been struggling to get through it um so either it's gonna finally pop through and if it does i don't see any reason why we don't push back up to like 28 uh potentially 29 um and if it doesn't then yeah i mean we could just kind of grind in this range but the one good thing is though I mean, over the last, what is it now? Two months, you know, like essentially we've been carving out a bottom. So that's not the worst thing. I'm not going to say it's bullish, but definitely ain't bearish. So uh, should be interesting. I'm personally, like I've been saying, still hoping for another leg down because I'd love to buy some Bitcoin in the mid-teens, mid to lowish teens. But I don't know if that's going to happen. So... And yeah, I picked up a lot of Bitcoin, you know, and I keep buying. I'm just dollar cost averaging in, um, even at, at 24K. So, yeah, I didn't set it on autopilot. I wish I would have because I would have obviously bought a bunch, you know, 2021 instead of just like the uh, manual purchases I did, which, you know, at this point now are a month and a half old. I don't know where that time went. But yeah, near term, I'm just keeping my eye on this uh, 24,000 area, see if we can push through and crack into 25k <clears throat> we shall see yeah what do you think about uh the s p it's kind of kind of interesting like here i'll post this chart it's like well really rallied off the bottom like i said it's yeah it's ripped and it, it, it so there was that huge support resistance area there right it's um like call it like 4150 on the uh, spx and it, it, it hit into it. I actually considered, I'm like, hmm, 
maybe I should put a short on because I haven't done a stock trade in eons. Um, but I just decided I missed the first one back in uh, June when it failed. So uh, sure enough, it, it blasted right through. It gapped, it actually gapped through that um, resistance and it's on quite the tear. Yeah, I'm, so we'll I'm see. really surprised. I mean, and crypto is just not having the same type of rally. It's not. Which is interesting. It's not. And right now, like if you look at like SPX, I mean, we're we're overbought on stochastics. RSI is, you know, basically as high as it really ever gets. So I, I would expect, I would not be surprised if we get a pullback and test that like 4150 area. But if it comes back and test that and holds it, that's actually like a bullish confirmation. So like right now, the S&P is set up to potentially um, confirm, you know, essentially like an uptrend and, and the potential bull run, which would be really interesting because, I mean, in the, in the end, what was that? Basically just six months of a down market and, uh, you know, that would be it. Pretty wild. Yeah. Quick recession, quick recession bounce. Yeah. Well, so... The CPI number was better than expected. Not as great as I thought it was going to be. I think next month will be even more telling. So if that is better than expected and, you know, prints something, you know, considered good, it'll be interesting to see what the Fed does in September. Yeah. So your, your, your target for September reversal could be spot on. I don't know that they're going to reverse, but I would not be surprised if we see only like a quarter point in September. Which to markets me is sort rip. of a reversal. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, markets will rip if we see that. Just... I don't know. I feel like in 2023, they'll be giving out money again, but who am I kidding? They're already giving out money. Did, what was that? The uh, inflation protection plan mm -hmm. or whatever it is? Mm -hmm. so the, like, yeah, it's so stupid. So they're going to start sending out money again. Right. Their, their inflation protection plan is to inflate. Yes, to send, you out, to send you more money that's getting devalued by the minute. Right, right. Don't worry about devaluation. We'll just devalue more. That's their solution. You know, yeah. it, it really is telling to see the, the way that the Fed is, is governing things, that their, their only tool in the tool shed really is to, is to, uh, is to do QE, quantitative easing. That's really all they've got. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's crazy. I, and this is another thing from that all in podcast that I like, they were talking about, you know, in 2022, we are long past technologically speaking, the point where the fed, uh, should have real time data on, on, uh, consumer inflation and, uh, you know, where money is flowing and, uh, you know, logistics like shipping and material costs, you know, we're, we're long past the time when they can have real-time minute-to-minute updates on all of this stuff, um, which would mean also real-time rate changes rather than, you know, this stupid, you know, kind of uh, outdated, archaic system that we've got now. It, it's, it's insane. It, it, it is really insane that in 2022, we still have this kind of like, we, we've got this guy named Powell and he just kind of does whatever the hell he wants and, you know. There's no real data to back anything up, and it's just stupid. It's all theory. It's so true. I mean, yeah. and 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 then it's gonna be and it's gonna be twenty years before those changes come in because government systems are always twenty years behind. I mean, yeah. I saw that you know just from like my mom like worked for the county, and it's just like you know they're 
computer system and, and network and everything was always like 20 years outdated. Um, and it's also just that, you know, that, that mindset. So, you know, 20, 30 years from now, we're going to have, you know, a fed president that, you know, grew up with all this tech and it's going to be like, what are we doing? Like, this right. is dumb. Like, no, yeah, <laughs> you know, real-time data, real-time adjustments. Like what is this monthly, you know, once a month or every two months nonsense. So yeah. Yeah, even Elon Musk was talking about that on on a podcast he did recently. He was saying, you know, they were they asked him something like, um, you know, can you increase longevity and human lifespan? And he was like, yeah, but but one problem with that is that you do want people to die. You want people to get out of office, and you want politicians to be removed. Like it's it's one hundred percent true. Yeah, that one of the parts of life that makes it growing and evolving is that old people are removed from power and young people get put into power. Yeah. Uh, and that happens cyclically so that you can have, you know, improvements made. The thing is, technology pace, the, the pace of techno uh, technology and, you know, upgrades, improvements has drastically increased the pace of change in the world. Yep. So, you know, whereas things used to turn over maybe every hundred years or 200 years, things turn over now, like every year. I mean, like the technology last year is nothing compared to the technology this year. You know, you go back 20 years and, you know, we had flip phones and, and, you know, people were, you know, you, people would have never imagined a day where we all have, I was actually thinking about this the other day, where we all just have iPhones and we're instantly connected to the internet. We're all talking to each other constantly 24 seven, no matter where you are on the planet. Um, you know, 20 years ago, that did not exist. So nope. we're still operating with rules built for a society that doesn't have complete interconnectedness and data, data flow. And, and, you know, this is just one example of how the slow turnover rate in, in government policy and, and Fed and, and monetary policy is just so archaic. 100%. Uh, and it, it, it really needs to be evolved. And well, and it's uh, a society thing too. I mean, like that yeah. example is just a microcosm of society, mm -hmm. like using the government because I tell people at times, like talking about changes and like with crypto and like, you know, what's going to become the norm when and I'm like, guys, everything's going to take longer than you think because tech's not the problem. Human beings are the problem. Society, right. like you need to have, you know, the generations. That's why, and that's why I believe so much in crypto because I know basically in 20 years from now, you know, you're going to have all these people that grew up with crypto and like, you know, or in their thirties and their forties and like, you know, prime investors, prime people, you know, running the country. And it's like, that's what, you know, they grew up with this stuff as opposed to, you know, someone that's 60 years old. It's like, like, no, like, yeah, yeah some of them are getting into crypto, but it's not going to be their thing. You know, it's not in, you know, new tech and, you know, think about it. Anyone's got a grandparent, right? Think about your grandparent using a smartphone, right? It's usually a little bit rough. So yeah. And that's just, yeah. So uh, that's actually a good point by Elon um, because yeah, people living to 150 is actually slow down right. advancement in, in society, mm -hmm. ironically. Yeah. Well, and like, I mean, even look at the president of the United States, he's 79 years old. Like, have you ever seen a 79 year old try to use an iPhone or he's try to do 79? anything? 79? <laughs> yeah. He's 79 going out in 98. Oh my God. I literally thought he was in his <laughs> late eighties. Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's 79. But oh not my goodness. Well. well, we're not even going to get into that. That's just, I felt yeah. like apparently, apparently I'm not going to even bring up political parties. I'm just going to say, apparently the government wanted America just to become a complete laughing stock of the world and have like, I don't even know what we have, uh, you know, as president, like just a, a literally, literally a figurehead. Like, right. 
Yeah, I no, mean, he's just a puppet. He's a puppet that can be moved around. I'm just he's like, as much of a puppet as Justin Sun's steam witnesses. That, that's funny. Um, but yeah, that's that's interesting. So which we'll see what happens with the economy in the next couple months. And obviously the elections always create volatility. So midterm elections should definitely create some volatility, at least for the stock market. Um, you know, I don't know how it'll impact impact crypto, but should be interesting times indeed. Yeah. But uh yeah, either way, I'm just my point of view is I'm just literally sitting, waiting for the next bull market, thinking about, fuck, I've already done this once. How did I F this up? Like, <laughs> I should have already cashed out and been crypto rich and then waiting for the next bull market with leftovers. Um, instead, apparently, I somehow wrote it up, wrote it down, wrote it up and wrote it back down again. It's just some something else. I wrote it back down last time in, in ICOs and regular coins. This time I wrote it back down in DeFi. <laughs> so... Same story, new projects. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty interesting though. The psychology of investing. But it really anyhow, is. Hindsight yeah. and and foresight are so so crazy when it comes to investing. Yeah. But uh all I needed personally, I just needed Bitcoin to get to 80k. That was uh the price for the crypto market for me to be like, all right, time to cash out a lot. <laughs> and I just didn't get that last leg. About Elon must be as about people need to die. Counter arguments to that, especially. There we go. What is this? Fable of the Dragon Tyrant. I mean, I'm sure there's definitely great kind of arguments to it, but just on a surface level, it sort of makes sense just from my personal view about how, you know, um, evolution of society, you know, obviously things change with new generations because, you know, it's like the, it's like the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? That's not to say that, you know, people don't, bring in um you know new things and new technology and change later in life but you do get stuck in your ways right and i can even say for someone like i'm 44 and like there's a lot of things that you know i'm stuck in my ways and like i look at the you know even you know i'll look at a 20 year old and just be like wow like you have like you know like i think like you can bring me to a room full of 20 year olds and i think they're uh, most of them are basically like no loyalty and complete sellouts right but it's because it's a point of view like they grew up in this like game of gamification of the world. And it's like, you know, yeah. how do I win? Like, this is how you play the game. This is how I win. Right. Me, I'll look at some stuff and be like, yeah, I understand that's the rules, but like doing that just feels like selling out. Like that's not a thing. Like that, that was, you know, my generation growing up yeah. with like, Oh, you know, especially with music, like, Oh, he sold out, blah, blah, blah. He went mainstream, blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, I guess, or is that just called winning? Yeah. Right. So, right. Well, now, you know, look at like rappers and stuff and they all talk about, you know, getting that big deal, signing that, you know, signing that big deal. It's like a celebration. It's not like a exactly. sellout thing. Yeah. So, and I mean, personally, I'd probably be much more successful uh, financially if I didn't have that, you know, sellout mentality. So, um, cause there's a difference between screwing people over and, and quote unquote selling out, right. There's distinct right. differences. Although I do think, that that line gets uh, really blurred from what I've seen with, you know, younger people where it's like, they just look at life as a game and it's just like, all right, but do you realize how that's affecting other people? I think right. that's gotten a little blurred and scares me a little bit um, to think, you know, maybe 20 years from now um, when people are running the country that kind of like grew up with gamification being the norm, but you know, who knows that could just be me being like, 
you know, an old man, get off my lawn, lawn type mindset. Uh, you know, people evolve uh, as they grow. So hopefully we can continue to be, um, you know, a society that has compassion and empathy and doesn't just look at everything as, you know, um, this is, this is the system. This is what you do. What are you talking about? Like, so, and that's, I don't know, that's just me trying to give an example of, uh, you know, point of views, um, generation from generation and how that does impact change, uh, and evolution of, of technology being implemented and society using something as the norm. Yeah. So it's like the bottom line is like my mom and my grandparent, like, like their generations, they're never going to be using MetaMask. <laughs> and if they, and like, if they are, it's going to be like, what, 2% of that whole entire generation. Right. So, you know, but then you look at like, I don't even know the names of the generations anymore. I can't keep up, you know, whatever Gen, was it a Gen Z or whatever the hell it is. I don't even know. Yeah. Like, Eighty percent of them are probably going to be using MetaMask. Like you see the difference. <laughs> Technically, I'm Gen Z, so I'm like the oldest Gen Z you can get. That's like me. I'm 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 actually the lost generation where like we fall in between uh, millennial and I guess like Gen with a Gen X or or yeah, I think so. So it's 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 interesting, but yeah. They're anyway. calling us zillennials. Zillennials, yeah. yeah. Well, so wait. I thought that's what they were calling us. It starts with an X. No, it's with a Z. Like oh, a, all right. Like so Gen Z actually, and millennial. Or what maybe it wasn't Zennial. It was something there was something with us. They said like there was this like four to five year period that they were like, we're kind of like this like lost generation. That's like kind of in, like we're a little bit millennial, but we're a little bit, you know, Gen X or whatever. So they like, someone came up with a new term for it. And it was like uh, literally this, and it's kind of true though. Like, cause essentially like I'm just older than the oldest millennial, but it's like, we still had a lot of that stuff. Cause like, we were still just young enough for like, you know, all the tech, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like when I was 18, I got my first cell phone, not because, I couldn't get one earlier because that's when cell phones really started becoming a thing. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I grew up, I was still young enough. I was still late teen, early twenties for the, like the, you know, for the dot-com bubble. Like, you know, like I was in college for the dot-com bubble. Yeah. You know, so I was still young where I was still, you know, up on all the new tech and, you know, and I lived through, you know, Napster and all that. And so we were at the beginning of it all, but you know, we were still young enough to be like, be on top of it. Like we were, we were yeah. the ones that were in the know back then. Yeah. I was kind of at an interesting point. Cause I got, I think I got my first phone. It was like a flip phone. I think I was like seven years old, six wow, or seven. Yeah. My, I, honestly, I'm glad I'm not you. I am so glad I, could, <laughs> I wasn't around till I was a teen. I think, I think phones are ruining kids. Like yeah. Oh, hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, and then I got my first smartphone. I think when I was like maybe 10. So like I had the experience of like a flip phone and then I knew what it was like to have that and then go to a smartphone and be like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then I think I got my first computer when I was like six or seven. Wow. Um, right around the same time. Yeah. Dude. So I, I wouldn't say I was a computer geek. I definitely wasn't because I wasn't smart enough for that. But I have friends that kind of were. I had a very diverse group of friends growing up. But uh, I remember I was in... 
I think I might've been an eighth. Nah, I was probably in ninth grade. I had a, a friend that was two years older than me that, you know, like used to, he would build his own computers. So I remember him helping me build my first white box, you know, big, big ass clunky PC yeah. with a big tube monitor. I remember, <laughs> oh, I remember, I, I remember bringing that thing back and forth to school and college. Like, oh my God, like how easy do people have it now? Like I was lugging that fucking big ass, like that monitor had to weigh like 25 pounds. Plus I had the big white box, like, it would take up like a third of the back of my car. <laughs> but yeah, those are the good old days. But yeah, flip phone. Um, I had, that was my first phone was a flip phone. And then I remember on 9-11, I had, it wasn't a sidekick, but it was like a sidekick, like the Nokia yeah. brick that you pop yeah, open yeah, to yeah. the keyboard. Yep. So I had, I'm pretty sure that's the phone I had on 9-11. And it was funny because that's the only time I think about how cool it would have been to have a smartphone earlier because- you know, in 2001, it's just like, I wish I could have had a smartphone where I could have just done a 360 video of when I was standing in the intersection of like 36th and 7th. And like, there was not a soul to be found. Like usually like, you know, that's where the taxi cab line is. Like you stand in that intersection, you're going to get hit by a cab like every 10 seconds. It was like not a soul, like not, you couldn't, there was no, no cars, no headlights, not anybody. I was like, how cool would it be to have that footage right now? Right. Right. Like right. that'll literally never, ever, ever, ever probably happen again, um, yeah. you know, in, in Manhattan in terms of having that moment. So that would have been cool to uh, yeah. have a have a smartphone. So, you know, pros and cons to everything. So, yeah, I mean, right. I guess I could have I could have took I, I could have took pictures and I might have. Mm -hmm. It's just not Created the same. one. Yeah, like, it's just not the same. Right. Right. Well, you can't yeah, take like I, a high quality 4K video. Exactly. So all I have is some low res pics that I could take and. You know, obviously looking back on it, yeah, I wish I would have took a whole bunch and then maybe I could have created that into some kind of panoramic yeah. video. But you don't know those things. I mean, you don't know where right, things are going to go. You don't think yeah. these things. Maybe one day you just be able to plug your brain in and you could download those pictures. Right? Yeah. But yeah, technology is crazy, man. The evolution of tech crazy. over the last 20 years is freaking insane. Yeah. So... But anyway, now that we just stumbled into some kind of esoteric conversation, <laughs> I think I was it's, on a soapbox for a hot minute too. <laughs> I will, I will s slowly uh, step down from my soapbox. <laughs> I think I've SP's up point six percent now for the year. No, today oh, 0.6%. percent. Gotcha. Crazy. Keep yeah, going up. It's not that. It's it, it's not that negative anymore though. Where do we hold on? We started the year. Oh, we were still by the highs. All right. Yeah. So we're still down on the year because we were up at like 4,700 and change. It's not down a lot though. It's down a lot less than it was. I don't know. It's like you have to have a down year in the market at some point. You can't be up every single fucking year. So, I mean, what do we take? What is that? I figure it's about 400 points. Yeah, the S&P is down less than 10% now. It's probably like eight eight and a half percent it's only down now after being down like what we were down like almost 20 i think 18 percent at one point wild they keep printing oh we lost cal i saw you froze that's all right it's a good time to end we're gonna call it a wrap and uh until next week
I'm going to give them a heads up. I'm signing off. All right, guys, it's been fun. It was good to get one in after a couple of weeks of not doing it. We shall see you guys next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Roughly-ish. Peace.